Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often have the great opportunity on Harvest Time to tell you the stories of our church as we feature interviews with our members and other friends of the ministry. You can join us at Harvest Baptist Church this weekend as we have our morning worship service beginning at 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning when we'll be back in our series, Pursuing Our Mission, from Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. Let's begin today by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. This Sunday, we're coming back, you're right, to the series in Acts. Uh, You know, we began in chapter 1, and we're going to go through, I think, through chapter 11. So we're just beginning, but the foundations that we're laying are really important. And in fact, this Sunday... Looking at Acts 2, 41 through 47, the title of this Sunday, and actually four or five weeks in between uh, here as we're looking at these specific verses, is Foundations for a Healthy, Thriving Church. There are really two big scriptures that guide our thinking about the church at Harvest, and really any Bible believer. I think one of them is found in Ephesians chapter 4, describes sort of the process and leadership of of a church and and what's supposed to be accomplished. And the other really big one, I think, is Acts 2, 41 through 47, where it gives us an outline. Uh, We're defining it uh, together as sort of the purposes of a church or the the key elements. I said things like the essence of what a church really is. In fact, a week ago on Sunday, we said uh, this church in Acts chapter 2, I mean, they didn't have a building. They didn't have... Uh, you know, some sort of a church constitution, you know, a lot of the things that maybe we sometimes define as a church, they didn't have any of these things, but this was the church in its, in its very foundational form. So we're looking at those items and trying to define from God's perspective what the church is to be, what it's supposed to look like, and what we're supposed to be accomplishing directly from that first inauguration of the church in Acts chapter 2. So we're coming back to that, the second part of that little series out of the middle of our bigger series on pursuing our mission. And that'll be, at, as you mentioned, at 1030 on Sunday. We'd invite uh, anybody that's listening to come and join. If you're interested in the church and what the church is supposed to be about and maybe how, you know, how we're trying to define it as a, as a local body, we'd invite you to be a part of that. And uh, one of the things that we do on this program is uh, we get the opportunity to interview, really, part of the church. And over the course of weeks and the last months, we've been talking with a number of our church family, individuals, and, and that God's doing a good work in. And today I want to introduce Robert Castro. Robert's been a member at Harvest for a while. I'll have him tell that story here in a minute, but he's serving as one of our deacons. His family is very active, and so we're thankful that God has you as a core part of the Harvest family. Welcome to Harvest Time here today. Thank you, Pastor. Robert, tell me about your background. You grew up here in Guam, is that right? Uh, That Um, is correct. Okay. Tell me where and how and what's your story. So, um, born and raised in Guam. Um, I come from a family of 12. I'm the second to the youngest out of the 12. You're the baby. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I did move off island for a little bit, lived in California, and then eventually came back. And since then, um, I've been here. Yeah, so just nice to be home. Yeah, yeah. And you're married to your wife, Jessica, and you have how many children? We have 
three children. Um, I have a 19-year-old. Her name is Tossie. She's currently attending Bob Jones. I have a, a 16-year-old, a junior here at Harvest, and a 12-year-old. And uh, I also foster kids. So, yeah, yeah, hang on to that. I want to ask you, and you, sure. your wife, I know, are part of our foster care ministry. It's so mm-hmm. thrilling, the ministry that you have there. But tell me about your spiritual story. You know, how did you find God? What part did Harvest have in connected to that? Sure. So about 13 years ago, we needed a, a place to put my 16-year-old. At that time, he was actually K-4. And so we decided, well, it was more Jessica than it was me, but mm-hmm. we needed to find a central location. And so I worked in Barragata. She worked in Agania. And so, of course, Harvest was the place. And she came by and she kind of fell in love with it. Actually, she fell in love with it. And, mm. and since then, 13 years has passed. Uh, and those 13 years, uh, my kids have con- uh, continued to share the gospel. And um, I wasn't a believer then. Yeah, I only got, um, I got saved in 2013 and asked and gave my life up to Christ. But just through not just the church, but also the teachers and just everybody here at Harvest, how they continue to share God's word with my children, actually, and helping them with Bible memory. I knew that, you know, at some point, right, that God will work in my heart. And the children continue to share. I help them with Bible memory. And I think that's very important, mm. you know, now that I know what I know. <laughs> yeah. So with the Bible memory and that kind of started everything. And I, I did go through some trials in my life. Uh, and um, when I finally gave my life up to Christ, uh, you know, and just continuously uh, reading scripture, uh, Ecclesiastes 1 says, there is nothing new under the sun. So, mm. I, you know, the truth really reveals, you know, um, a lot of things that, you know, Bible is the truth. And if you really want to know about um, just how life is, um, you can find it there. Uh, there's so many, you know, uh, testimonies with the apostles, just just everything in general, you know, you can find it in the Bible. So, um, you know, I'm just really, really um, excited just to continue to serve in any capacity and um, you know, try to do his will. You said that you uh, became a believer in 2013. Um, mm-hmm. As you look back on that time and that season as God was, I'm assuming he was drawing you to himself and you were tr- maybe fighting and eventually giving mm-hmm. up, you know, and being willing to obey and follow God. What sort of things changed for you in that process as you became a believer? A lot of things there. Obviously, uh, the biggest is my social life. You know, um, I became involved in the church and sharing scripture with friends. You know, something I never did in the past, just being in the word, being um, the head of obviously uh, the household, but making sure that my children and my wife and all of us were actually attending service, being um, in the house of the Lord and just continue to sharpen our, our wisdom of God's word and the change of heart too, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, be slow to speak and anger as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's to name a few. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's so many that, you know what? Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever know everything right. that God wants us to do. Uh, but if we continue to live our day, knowing that God's first and everything else is second, then I'm just grateful about the progressive sanctification that I, you know, I, I continue to walk with the help of not just you guys, the pastor, but as well as brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, Yeah, that's really important, isn't it? 
when we become part of the family of God, mm-hmm. connected with a church family. Of course, I think sometimes we think about pastoral leaders and shepherds. Mm-hmm. That's an important part of what God calls a church. But man, it's so important to have brothers and sisters around us that help us and encourage us and we provide fellowship and accountability. You guys have experienced that here, is that right? Uh, absolutely. You know, even from afar, uh, those who have actually had to leave because of work, you, had, you know, to name a few, Jack Marlowe and I used to still communicate email. He's he's one of the elders that I really looked up to. Uh, Mr. Scott Mills, of course, you pastor, Pastor Heron, uh, Kevin and Afuku. Mm-hmm. You know what? In general, uh, just the entire staff and the church body continue just to help each other because we know that, you know, um, it's easy you know, just to fall right. short, but together as a body and knowing that uh, you know, God is our personal Lord and Savior, we can continue to help one another just grow and and draw strength from Him and only Him. Yeah. Well, as we're talking, you're here in uh, fatigues, right, National Guard. So th- your, what's your background, kind of career and job? And- sure. So um, I just uh, served... Uh, I've been in the military 21 years now. Okay, great. Yeah, so background, Thank you for serving. You're welcome, Pastor. Yeah. Uh, so background is basically I started as an admin, and I'm currently a supply warrant. And uh, it, military has evolved because of the shortage, so, you know, I handle budget now. So, <laughs> uh, so whatever the boss tells me, I guess I got to do. So, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty much I do, uh, what I do. Deployed to Afghanistan in 2010, you know. Uh, great experience and mm. just uh, an eye opener. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And you've also been willing to serve just recently as a deacon. What's that meant to you? You you know that that's uh, probably something I know. Uh, you know I got to put uh, Pastor Baldwin on the spot right now. <laughs> if you're listening, because you know he asked me to pray about it, and I understand that being a deacon isn't. You know, it's it's pretty challenging because we are to take care of, obviously, you know, uh, the church body as well. And just mm-hmm. as you mentioned about taking care of the flock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's been a, a blessing, you know, just to uh, serve in this capacity to, uh, you know, just grow from each other and just help as deacons to, to share the gospel and just to reach out to many who, who don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I know that you and Jess are involved in a lot of different aspects of ministry serving in a lot of ways. We see you faithfully here. Your kids and your family is such a core part of our church family. We just have come off last week at Harvest was what we called Orphan Sunday, where we talked a a lot about God's call on Christians to care for those that would be most vulnerable. James 1.27 talks about caring for the widows and the orphans, the fatherless, um, and the widows. And of course, you know, we, th- we think there's more responsibilities that we have than just those two things, but it really is talking about some of the most vulnerable in our communities. Mm-hmm. You and Jess have taken on the role as foster parents, and I'm interested in asking you a little bit about that experience. Sure, sure. Uh, so uh, we currently have four. Prior to that, we actually had two. Mm-hmm. And that was initially our first experience with that. And uh, how long ago did you start fostering? And tell me what s- sort of started that. I mean, that's a big step. You know, one thing I love about the church body is very transparent. 
and when they reach out, they're reaching out to the entire body, mm-hmm. not just someone in particular. Mm-hmm. You know, the cry, uh, and I believe it um, It was four years ago, and um, Pastor Heron at that time mentioned that, you know, there's, there was a need for care. And, and I saw it, you know, of course, uh, being a local and just hearing that there was need for fostering. And so Jessica and I just constantly talked about it. And it's funny because recently she's like, you remember you, you wanted six kids. <laughs> well, we have three of our own now. You, we just added four more. So uh, you got more your, than you bargained yeah, for. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I did, yeah. Well, one's off island. So we have six in the household right yeah, now. Okay. Right? But just through the ministry and our burden as well as uh, body just uh, to take care of the fatherless, you know, the Lord just spoke to us, said, you know what, this is something he wants us to do. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, God willing, you know, I'm praying that hopefully at some point we, we'd adopt these kids, mm-hmm. you know, just to see uh, all they want is love, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, it's not about me anymore. It's about God using, uh, doing his will and how he wants to use me. So, you know, I that's how we actually started. And, and I know how difficult that can be because, right. you know, fostering is not for the faint in heart right, because right. we don't know at any given time. Uh, but again, you know, it's doing his will and uh, we're to take care and whatever God basically, you know, directs us is that's what we're, we're going to do. So, well, these uh, are four, you know, beautiful children. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, it's not without struggles, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's challenges as you add oh, definitely. children to, you know, what you already have in your family. There's a lot of adjustments that take place for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I, f- I did forget to mention that the, the, the greatest thing also that we saw is that um, Tossie, Tano, and Ty actually, uh, you know, never asked because mm. they knew. They knew that, you know what, uh, uh, constantly being in the Word, through their studies here is that, uh, you know, we're to take care of them. And it's just a blessing that they take them in as if they were their own. Uh, so, yeah, it's just awesome to see that, you know, everybody likes Tunnel, but all, all the kids love Tunnel, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that's basically how uh, the whole fostering, you know, um, took place. Yeah, it is such a beautiful gospel picture even as fostering and as you talked about the idea of potentially if God allows and things Mm -hmm. work out of adopting these Mm -hmm. children. But in many ways, even without the legal aspect of adoption taking place, your family has adopted, you know, these, these four kids. I mean, your, your, your children, your biological children Mm -hmm. love them. They become brothers and sisters. And this is what God has done for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the Bible describes the adoption of, uh, us as unbelievers into mm-hmm. his family where he came and rescued us from a life that's praise the lord yeah yeah, yeah. rescued us from yeah. a life kind of heading our own direction mm-hmm. and made us part of his mm-hmm. family and gave us an identity with jesus christ and with these brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and what an awesome thing that we yeah. have a chance to be a part of the True. picture of of uh, your family, I think, is a good picture of what Jesus has done for us. And well, again, Pastor, it's all, all, all for him. Yeah, yeah. 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 So tell me about s- maybe some of the things that you would say would be particular burdens for you, your family. I know that you guys really care for these foster kids. Mm-hmm. Other kinds of things that ministry-wise are burdens for you? 
Well, honestly, I uh, one of the biggest burdens that is really heavy in my heart is just, and I know my wife too, is just really reaching out to the locals. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, born uh, in a family of twelve, and you know, as a Catholic, you know, just just spreading the word, God's word. You know, that's one of my biggest burdens is just to continue to share that uh, uh, on this island. Yeah, and whether it's you know out at the shopping or even at the workplace, you know. Um, you know, just putting on that whole armor and just uh, just sharing that, you know, uh, everything's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't lose hope. Well, you, as you probably know, uh, we're really struggling with that with on island. A lot of things happening. But, you know, God can rescue anybody, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, he's done it to me. And so... That's one of my biggest burdens is just to continue to share how, you know, God saves people. And all we got to do is just share his word and be bold about it. So, Well, hope is an awesome word. Yeah. And you're right. There's people searching for that and, mm-hmm. and hungering for some definition and some purpose in life. And I think these kinds of things, when, when God changes our lives in the way that he's changed yours, mm-hmm. he's changed mine, he's changed Chris's, and our our desires and our motivations change. People are watching that, and as mm. and as we communicate that in in big ways and small ways, I think people look on to see the Castro family, and mm. they see the sacrifices that are being made for those that are hurting and have mm. need, and they they understand that something's going on here, and mm. it's a real attractive thing. This is the gospel li- being mm. lived out in our lives, and so I'm thankful. For you guys, I mean, you and Jess and your willingness to serve God, um, but even more than that, and you've mentioned this, but this is God's work in you. Yes, it is. And, uh, man, it's so awesome to be able to see that and observe that and seeing the fruit of that in, you know, in your lives personally, mm-hmm. but in your children's lives as well. So that's yeah. exciting. Any particular lessons that God's teaching you right now? Well, again, as I mentioned, just um, purpose-filled life. You know, what is my purpose? And it's to serve in every capacity that I can. I want to be able to do that, continue just to serve serve Him and and continue just to uh, you know, share the Word. I was burdened by it, and I want to continue just to continue to do that, just live based on His purpose and not mine. Yeah. You know? so. That's a great life goal, and I'm thankful for the work that God's doing in your life. I'm thankful for just the privilege personally of being able to share ministry together. Mm-hmm. You know, Jess has been an important part of ministry staff here. You have as well. Love your kids. And we're thankful for the work that God's doing in your life and praying that God would continue to use you as you serve him faithfully. Well, thank you, Pastor, for your faithfulness as well to continue to, to serve the flock. I know that's uh, not an easy task. And thank you also for your faithfulness and your families. God's doing a good work here at Harvest, and it's it's fun to be a part of that. Well, thank you all for listening to Harvest Time. As always, at this time in the program, we want to personally invite you to services at Harvest Baptist Church. Now, we begin Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. We have children's programs, adult Bible fellowships. And then, as we mentioned, at 10.30 a.m., you can join us for our morning worship service, which is in the auditorium. And again, back in our uh, our series, Pursuing Our Mission, Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. 
If you're not sure where to go when you get here, stop at our Welcome Center, which is right out in front of the auditorium. You can get directions to your class or to your children's class. And uh, you can always go to the website for more, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time. Harvest Time.